celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast. Now, here's your host, DC Hendrix. Welcome in. This is the Music Vibes Podcast. I am your host, DC Hendrix. Before we get started, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites by subscribing to keep up to date and scroll on down, write a review. If you're an Apple subscriber, we appreciate that sort of thing. I've seen someone gave us another five-star review, didn't leave a comment or anything, but seen another five-star review come in, so we appreciate that and more. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We've been very active during these downtimes, so to speak. We're in stay-at-home orders here in Indiana, so a lot of downtime here, and I'm sure a lot of places across the United States, Europe, everywhere, with this craziness with the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic that we're in right now. So we got another great podcast for you to kick back and listen to. I know these are tough times, so we're trying to escape that part of the world and come here and talk some positive and talk some music for you. And uh, this week, we're down to 32. We're down to 32 on our Music Vibes Greatest Album of All Time brackets. And I got the fantastic Randy Lewis. He is I guess uh, formerly known for his work with the L.A. Times, he announced his retirement from the business earlier this week. So I have a chance to talk with the one and only Randy Lewis. He's been with the L.A. Times and reporting on pop music for over 40 years, longer than I've been born. It's always great having Randy on the show. And this week it's going to be a little bit different. He, you know, I had him booked on the show to come on and talk about the bracket. He filled out one even in pencil, which I loved the old school guy that he is. I filled it out in pencil. I had him booked to come on the show even before he announced his retirement. So I'm scrolling Facebook and I see a big announcement from him. He's retiring. Randy is obviously, you know, in his time in the music business, has met a lot of people, interviewed a lot of people. So it's going to be good and a great time to look back on, you know, his career, talk about some of those favorite stories of his and also talk about our bracket. Of course, we're down to 32. As I mentioned, we've been taking your votes on Twitter at Music Vibes Pod. We've been doing polls to see who advances in our Music Vibes greatest album of all time. Now to go over the matchups and to go over who advances to the 32 round and then we'll get into Randy Lewis. He'll come in. And uh, have a little fun and give us who he has advancing in his bracket, who's his final four, and which one does he have as his music vibes, greatest album of all time. So we got some great stuff coming up. And of course, when all this wraps up in a couple few weeks, when we get down to the uh, the championship round, when we find out who's the champion, what we're going to do is I'm going to be joined by a guest and we're going to retrack that album in its entirety, track by track. The album that is officially named as the Music Vibes Greatest Album of All Time we will dig in deep to that album right here. We're down to 32 now. The number one seed, Sgt. Pepper's by the Beatles has advanced to round of 32. Absolutely. Sergeant Pepper's advances also advancing. And what I would see as an upset, it's not in my seeds necessarily, but I consider this as an upset. A lot of guests that I've had were big fans of Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie. That one ends up falling. So Carol King and Tapestry advances to the round of 32. Absolutely awesome. So also advancing, the Beatles' revolver defeats Pearl Jam's 10. And you also have advancing another Beatles album. The Beatles' white album defeats Highway 61 by Bob Dylan in a landslide. 78% to 22% for Bob Dylan. White album by the Beatles advances. And the one and only Jimi Hendrix. This was closer than I thought it would be. You got the fourth seeded Jimi Hendrix. Are you experienced defeating the 36th seed Led Zeppelin 2, 58% to 42%. So also we have an upset, I guess. According to my seeds, this is an upset. So I had Joni Mitchell, 13th seed overall, matching up against 20th seed Abbey Road by the Beatles. So another Beatles album advances, 66% to 34%. Abbey Road beats Joni Mitchell's Blue. Me. 
So one that I thought would be a little bit closer, you have Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd matching up head to head with Janis Joplin Pearl. Now, Janis Joplin Pearl had the big upset last round in advances. That was actually the 60th seed when we were back on our 64 and we started as a 64 album bracket and the 60th seed Janis Joplin Pearl advanced out of the first round, but it falls this round. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon beats it 64% to 36%. And finally, wrapping out this side of the bracket, we'll guess we'll consider this the west side of our bracket. You had number 12 seed, Who's Next by The Who, matching up head to head against the 21st seed, Prince, with 1999. And you have advancing the 12th seed, Who's Next, The Who defeats Prince, 1999. Now let's move over to the east bracket. That's where it gets good. This was a matchup I was really hoping would be a little bit closer. It was tied up coming into yesterday, but I did a little retweet. was like, hey, break this tie. <laughs> and uh, the tie was broken. And an album that advances, you got the number two seed overall, Michael Jackson Thriller, head-to-head -head against the 34th seed, Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder, one of the top 10 albums that I bought. When I got my record player, Thriller, Songs in the Key of Life were the first out of the first 10 that I made sure I bought. But in a close one, Michael Jackson's Thriller defeats Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. And that is one that I really didn't want to see go. It just ended up being the matchup uh, against, you know, a big one. Michael Jackson Thriller. It's really hard to top that. Songs in the Key of Life, though, one of my personal favorites. I honestly probably would have picked Songs in the Key of Life. It's for, if it's for me, that album resonates with me a little bit more. Obviously, Thriller has the big hits. Beat It, Billie Jean um, even has one to be starting something. The big hits, but Songs in the Key of Life resonates with me a little bit more. But moving on, still on the east side of the bracket. The Rolling Stones, the 15 seed with Let It Bleed, matching up head to head with the 18 seed, the Eagles, Hotel California. Two big ones here. This was a close matchup as well. I had to retweet this one to try to get some more votes and spread it out a little bit. It was still pretty close at the end. You had an upset. The 18th seed, the Eagles, Hotel California, defeats the Rolling Stones, Let It Bleed, and advances to the round of 32. Moving on, you have the Rolling Stones again, but this album, I thought, would have did a little bit better in the polls. This is one that I even did an album uh, album anniversary review show on this. Um, you had the Rolling Stones Exile on Main Street matching up head to head. This should have been, I thought this was going to be a domination victory for the Rolling Stones, but it didn't happen. The album that I actually had advancing in this round, number 26 seed, Nirvana with Nevermind. Nirvana Nevermind defeats the seventh seed Rolling Stones Exile on Main Street. And it was not close. Nevermind 64% to 36% defeats Exile on Main Street. Still in the East bracket, you got the number 10 seed Led Zeppelin 1. Led Zeppelin gets another shot to advance. They're matching up head to head against another album that had a big upset over Van Morrison's Astro Weeks uh, last week in our round of 64. Born in the USA, the 42 seed by Bruce Springsteen. Bruce didn't have a chance with Led Zeppelin 1. Led Zeppelin 1 defeats Bruce 67% to 33%. Big victory for Led Zeppelin. So Led Zeppelin does advance to the round of 32. Towards the bottom of the bracket in the east side, you got the number three seed, Beach Boys with Pet Sounds, one of my personal favorite albums ever. That's why I have it, the three seed and probably a lot of people's favorite. Matching up head-to-head -head against the 30 seed, Electric Ladyland by Jimi Hendrix. This was the final album with Jimi Hendrix and the experience before he moved on. So that is a big one, but Jimi did not have a chance. Pet Sounds defeats Jimi, the Jimi Hendrix experience, in a landslide, 67% to 33%, just like Led Zeppelin and Bruce. Big victory for Pet Sounds. So this was one of the most dominating victories in all the polls, and I am shocked. Matter of fact, this was the most dominating victory in terms of polls that there was in our bracket. The 14 seed, and this is a close one. It's 14 against 19 seed. So I thought it'd be a little bit closer, but you had 14 seed. Fleetwood Mac with Rumors, the greatest breakup album ever. Fleetwood Mac Rumors matching up against Duran Duran Rio. Another big album. I know Annie Zaleski's a big fan of this one. Has a book coming out soon. Give her a quick shout out. Rumors destroys Duran Duran, though, in our polls. Rumors, 86% to Duran Duran Rio, 14%. 
dominating fashion. And two more to go. So the sixth seed, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, is matching up head-to-head against the 38th seed, The Doors, with their, their self-titled debut album. What's Going On defeats that in the landslide as well, 74% to 26%. Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, advances to the round of 32. And finally, the bottom of the bracket, the 11th seed, London Calling by The Clash, another one of my personal favorites, matching up head-to-head with the 43 seed, Steely Dan, Aja. London Calling defeats it 70% to 30%, another dominating victory. So our round of 32 is set, folks. One more final time, round of 32. So you got Sergeant Peppers matching up against Carol King's Tapestry. And then you have the Beatles' Revolver matching up head-to-head against the White Album by the Beatles. So one of the Beatles songs will say bye-bye next week. After that, you have Are You Experienced by Jimi Hendrix matching up head-to-head with the Beatles' Abbey Road. Ooh, that's going to be a big one. And finally, on that side of the bracket, you have Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd matching up against the Who. Who's next in our round of 32? So moving over to the other side, round of 32, you have Thriller matching up head-to-head against Hotel California by the Eagles. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty here, folks. It's where the tournament gets good. So Nirvana Nevermind matching up head-to-head against Led Zeppelin 1. This round of 32 is going to be crazy, I tell you. And you got Pet Sounds matching up head-to-head against Fleetwood Mac Rumors. You have Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, matching up head-to-head against The Clash, London Calling. And that is our round of 32. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy round. It's going to be great. Obviously, as always, you'll see on Monday at 5 o'clock, we'll be getting the polls for you to vote on the round of 32. And we'll see next week. We'll revisit who will advance to our Sweet 16 on the Music Vibes Greatest Albums of All Time. Greatest Album of All Time. So let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Let's reflect on his career and talk about his bracket, who he has advancing, who he has advancing to his final four, who he has as his music vibes, greatest album of all time. It is the one and only legendary, one of the goats of music journalism, Mr. Randy Lewis. You see? Randy Lewis. How's it going? Uh, wild and crazy. How about you? <laughs> oh, I, I am. Uh, I'm feeling the same way after seeing your big announcement yesterday. Um, <laughs> haven't been able to process it yet. Um, was bringing you on to talk a uh, bracket challenge and have a little fun with you, but we got to start there, Randy. Um, obviously, that's the, one of the big reasons I brought you on to begin with when I first brought you on this podcast. Is you know you're someone. I mean, like I, like I said when I shared your news, uh, I said one of the goats, and it's like. Uh, <laughs> It's it's like uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, retiring from basketball. That's what it feels like. Randy Lewis of the L.A. Times calling it quits. So what? I guess let's start there. What what made you come to this decision, Randy? Uh, well, I've been doing this for a long time now. Uh, it's, uh, it's just a little under forty years uh, since I started uh, writing at the L.A. Times, and thirty-seven of that has been full time on staff, and uh, it's. It's a, a long run. Um, the decision is uh, that our uh, new benevolent billionaire owner uh, put put an offer out uh, to folks on staff, uh, a, a buyout offer, and giving people the opportunity if they wanted to make a change, uh, some incentive to do so. So it uh, just felt like the, the time was right for me. Uh, I've, I've done so much of you know, what, what I was interested in doing and love doing. And this is a, a great way to, you know, bring that to a close and uh, leave, leave some time and space for a little, you know, uh, new adventures. I'm looking forward to taking a breath, taking a long exhale, and, uh, and see what presents itself uh, without the thought of deadlines, uh at the end of the day, every day, mm-hmm. nonstop for nearly 40 years. That's right. That's right. Completely understandable there. So obviously we're dealing with the crazy pandemic as well during these times that have really put things into perspective. I just tweeted a little bit ago. I said, I will never take my sports and concerts for granted ever again if I learned anything from this pandemic. So if you were to give me a percentage, how much of this craziness with the coronavirus, how much did that play into your decision? 
Uh, really not, nothing. This, this actually came up before we got into the sheltering at home and, and the, the real uh, severity of it spreading here. So mm-hmm. it, it, for me, it was more like, you know, the, the, the time in my career, the time of my life, the circumstances, the, the changes that are going on in, you know, in the um, news organization uh, and, and the world that we're in, and uh, all that just, just felt like it. But uh, sort of the, you know, uh, sheltering at home and setting our priorities, that's just sort of reinforced the idea that, uh, you know, this is this is the right thing for me right now. You know, uh, I don't know how quick you're looking to get back into work, Randy, but I have a co-host position open for you uh, right here <laughs> on this podcast. It's it's open for you whenever you'd like. <laughs> that's really nice of you. Uh, so so thanks. I will keep that in my back pocket. A few people I've contacted have said, hey, you want to think about this or that? And I go, you know, when my last day rolls around on Friday, April 3rd, I'm going to say, uh, I, I want to think about nothing for a little <laughs> while and then and then see what I think about. Uh, that's right. That's right. Randy Lewis joining us here. And all right. So during these crazy times of us just chilling at home, what what have you been up to? I know um, everyone has their own thing in their free time, what they do. Some read books, some listen to music, uh, some just kick back, watch family movies. What have you been doing during this stay at home order? Well, during the stay at home orders, I'm working. <laughs> um, you know, it, it really hasn't slowed down uh, in the in, in the world of journalism and the world of music journalism. It, this is having so much effect, impact. You know, you know, everybody knows. Uh, tours are, are canceled. Uh, festivals are canceled. Uh, all concerts, club gigs are canceled. So we're talking to musicians about you know, what they're doing and, and sort of following how this goes. We, we had the news pop up that Jackson Brown had tested positive. I called him up and just said, hey, how's it going? And fortunately, he told me, hey, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I had mild symptoms. I'm coming out the other side of it, okay. uh, letting everybody breathe a big sigh of relief and reminding us that, you know, the majority of people who do get infected with uh, COVID-19 are, are going to survive. It's just that, that there are, you know, a significant number of people who won't. So I've been working, uh, working from home, but I've been taking some time, uh, you know, watching some fun movies with my family, uh, reading. There, there are some, some books that I've, you know, had on the wish list, you know, just for me, as opposed to, you know, the, the giant stack that's always been there for stuff I might write about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm getting to do some of that. I, I'm staring right now at the three-volume autobiography of, autobiography of Mark Twain that, that's, that's been, been on my fantasy list. Each, each volume is something on the order of 800, 900 pages. <laughs> so so there, there's a, a, an Everest of a project that, that I look forward to, to jumping into. That's right. That's right. It sounds like you're still very busy. I'm, uh, as you can tell, still working. So, uh, not, nothing. Congratulations <laughs> on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Not, a, not a whole lot has changed. I am working at home during the day, uh, programming the station a little bit. I am working at home during the day, but, um, we're still rolling here. Um, still, still working. Uh, just like you uh, at home, uh, listening to records is what I've been doing. That's, uh, I haven't, I got to read a couple of books, uh, for some interviews I've been doing, but listening to records is all I've been getting to do, uh, playing a little bit of Mario Kart with the kids, uh, having a, nice. <laughs> having a good time. So I wanted to ask you, um, you know, honestly, you know, we're looking back here a little bit. This was a conversation I wasn't necessarily prepared for, but you, ca- you calling it quits or, you know, you, um, you know, Walking away from pop music journalism that you've been doing for so long, what are some memories? You know, looking back, I've seen you post pictures, Ringo Starr, Taylor Swift, um, Neil Young. Let's look back a little bit. Some of your most unique and interesting moments working with the L.A. Times as a pop music reporter. Uh Thanks. There, there are a lot of them, and, you know, uh, a lot of times in just the, you know, uh, chase forward uh, that, that's always happening, you know, you, you don't stop and, and really reflect on it, but, you know, I'm, I'm having that opportunity to do that. And there are things that come to mind, um, sort of a couple at the top of the heap was uh, in, involving the Cirque du Soleil uh, Beatles love show that they that they put together in Las Vegas. I don't know if you've seen that, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the best things oh, yeah. I've ever seen, much less being easily the best you know, musical show uh, in Las Vegas. 
But when that was getting off the ground, they had a press tour uh, where they in, invited, you know, I don't know, there were probably a couple of dozen um, reporters from different outlets, and they would take you around the, uh, the, the theater there at the Mirage uh, Resort, and you'd meet with the choreographer or with the, um, you know, costumers, uh, the, the makeup people, the trainers, and they said, well, come on up to the sound booth, and, you know, we'll, we'll let you see what's going up on in the sound booth, and this door swings open, and this tall English gentleman says, please come in, and it's George Martin, oh, wow. the Beatles producer, uh, and his son Giles, who, who uh, worked together on that incredible mashup of a, a soundtrack that they did for that show, and he brought us in, you know, couldn't have been more friendly, just welcome, come in, do you have any questions? And I raised my hand and I said, I've got about a thousand. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, just a uh, defining moment for me, um, getting to meet the guy who was the, the guiding hand mm -hmm. on everything the Beatles did, and in fact was the guy who was there in the studio for every moment of it, more than, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, John Lennon or... Uh, Ringo Starr, George Harrison, even Paul McCartney. Paul was always in the studio the most. Mm -hmm. But George was there for all of it. So when others had other things going on, George was there with everything. So just getting to meet him what literally left me speechless. Uh, when, I was, when I was done with that interview, I just had to mm -hmm. sit down and <laughs> process what I'd just been through, even more than when I met with Paul and wow. with Ringo. Uh, for the first time to interview them. It was interesting. It was kind of like, you know, they're sort of feel like peers. They're about 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they were the lads. They were the, the, the guys I grew up, you know, watching on the Ed Sullivan Show and changing my life musically. But George Martin was just this towering figure. And to get to meet him and talk to him one-on-one uh, -on -one was just just priceless. So, so that's one. That's one of the biggies. Uh, another one was uh, I got invited to come to a rehearsal of, of Brian Wilson uh, and his and his band in 2004. Okay. I, I had seen a little note on a press release uh, uh, that, that the record company sent out. They talk about you know what's going to be in their spring schedule and what's going to be in their fall schedule. And then it was in, uh, oh, sort of toward the end of 2003, they had what was coming up. And it said, Brian Wilson, smile. And hmm. I, I just took, I gasped at that. <laughs> this, this, for, for those who may not know, Smile was the Beach Boys project yep. that uh, Brian was working on after Pet Sounds, after he had kind of revolutionized the pop music world and inspired the Beatles to up their game uh, to bring us Sgt. Pepper. Um, he was working on Smile to up the ante yet again. Uh, but there was all this uh, turmoil within the band. There was dissension between the band and the record label. And uh, Brian was going through all this personal drama, also experimenting with drugs. And so he just had a nervous breakdown. It went on the shelf and stayed there forever. Uh, and Brian wouldn't even talk about it in public. So uh, I see this thing that says, Brian Wilson, smile. And I call up and I said, well, what is that about? Uh, and they said, well, he's working on it with his, with his current band, the Brian Wilson band. Mm -hmm. So they invited me to a rehearsal and I said, well, I want to see what this is. And I figured, you know, they're going to be, you know, working their way, woodshedding through bits and pieces of different songs or working out, you know, go back to bar 12 and right. try that again. Um, I, I sat down in a room rehearsal studio in the San Fernando Valley on a couch about six feet away from Brian and his keyboard. The full band was there, which was 11, 12 different people. And they played it from beginning to end Ooh, wow. live. Uh, <laughs> there were about six people in the room. And this was a revelation. And it was, uh, most of Smile had been completed. It wasn't this thing like Buddy Holly, what if he had lived? Mm -hmm. They had worked out most of this, but the way Brian was recording at the time, it was called modular recording, where he would record these little bits and pieces, like a jigsaw puzzle. But he never assembled the puzzle so that we could see what the picture was. Okay. So now he had decided it was time to come back to it and complete this giant, unfinished business from 
37 years earlier, and I got to see it uh, ahead of virtually the entire world. Um, And it was every bit as good, better than I possibly could have imagined. Uh, And and that is a moment I'll never forget. And I got the the Times, the LA Times, to send me to London Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit later for the world premiere. And uh, people came from around the world for this. I talked to people from, you know, from Japan, from Europe, Mm -hmm. from all parts of the United States, saying things like, I've waited my whole whole life for this. Uh, so, uh, that's, uh, that's another one. And uh, one other quick one, uh, I, I, um, latched on to Taylor Swift very early on in her career mm-hmm. this, this record came out from this, uh, 16 year old artist in Nashville. And, uh, I, I was impressed because it was one of the few things coming from a young writer, singer, singer and songwriter that sounded like something a 16-year-old would write. And I thought, how refreshing, because everybody's trying to sound so mature and adult and sophisticated and ahead of their years. Uh, This really sounded and felt honest to me, and I wanted to meet her. So I went to Nashville, met with her in the basement of the little startup record company that she was working for at the time. They were, you know, they were there licking envelopes and putting press kits to send out. And I was so impressed at how focused and, and sharp, smart, and uh, articulate she was, and she knew what she wanted and, and knew how to go about getting it. Uh, and I wrote about her at the time, called her one of the new faces to, to watch in 2007. Um, and lo and behold, it, it turned <laughs> out <laughs> she has been quite a face and a career to watch since then. And I, I've kind of uh, maintained a special relationship with her over the years. She's always been really kind and generous to me, mm-hmm. uh, making time, taking my calls when, you know, later on the whole world would want to mm-hmm. would want to speak to her. Um, and uh, that's really been special. So when she was working on uh, the Red album, she invited me to come into the studio with her while she was working on nice. finishing up one of the songs. I think I, I may be the only journalist she's ever let into the studio while she was working on something. And uh, it's just been a, a very rewarding relationship with her to watch the way her songwriting has developed, the way her musical mm-hmm. curiosity has expressed itself. And so she's been really near and dear, and, and that's another special moment for me uh, of all the things I've done over the years. Yeah, I think she's done pretty well. Uh, she's done pretty well since then. You were uh, definitely ahead of the curve there. Um, yeah, absolutely uh-huh. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful memories there. Um, and, you know, it's 39 years plus, right? 39 years working at the LA Times? Uh, 39 for the LA Times, and then I had written before that for Cashbox Magazine, which was a, a record right. industry trade publication. doesn't exist anymore, but it was back there. There was a day when there were actually three record mm-hmm. industry uh, trade magazines, Billboard being the big one that still uh, exists, and Cashbox and Record World. Uh, so we were all competing with each other. But I learned a lot about the, the music industry there, working kind of on the inside, and I was stationed in Hollywood right near Sunset and Vine. And, uh, you know, just a uh, young music journalist straight out of uh, college. And uh, it was a great learning experience, uh, not, not a great deal of uh, financial remuneration at that time. Mm-hmm. But I got to meet a lot of great people and uh, go to shows all the time and, and figure out how the music industry worked. And uh, so incredibly valuable experience. But that's been, uh, that's like 44 years this year since I wow. um, started at Cashbox Magazine and, and actually became officially a professional music journalist. Well, I'm sure like you have seen with me sharing your news, um, I have, you know, this news on one side makes me really sad to lose someone like yourself in our business. Um, because obviously there's a reason why those artists trust you in the studio with them because that's what kind of person you are, Randy. So like it's on one hand, it's sad to lose someone like you, but on the other hand, I got, I, I got to say I'm very happy for you. I'm always happy to see someone, you know, be able to walk away from, you know, from one situation and, you know, be embracing something new. I, I love, you know, people that are able to, you know, are, are excited about starting something new. It makes me excited that you're excited. So on one hand, I'm sad. On one hand, uh-huh. I'm very happy for you. Um, but I wanted to bring you on to have a little fun with you. Uh, 
I guess, you know, we look back and I know y'all brought you on for a monkeys episode. I think we talked about the Grammys once. You've been on a few times here, but for, yeah, I appreciate it. It's always for, fun talking to you. Absolutely. So for, this is the first time though, we're doing a bracket challenge. And I know when I first sent you this, you're like, all right, I have no idea uh, how to fill this out, what, what I'm supposed to do. So are you able to fill it out? Were you able to get a, a, a nice final four on my music vibes bracket challenge? I did. It, uh, you know, there were some tough moments in it, some <laughs> some hard choices to make. But but you know, it's it's fun to go through and 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 play these, play around with these things. And you know, talk to me next week, and I might come up with a little bit, uh, a couple of different choices. But I don't I don't think in in the long run with the the final four or or my choices from there, um, it, it would be significantly different yeah that we're of course we're talking about the music vibes greatest album of all time bracket challenge so randy who did you come up with as your final four? Oh, you want the final four or do you want to talk about the, the process getting there well, we, can, we can start there so how did you because obviously these are albums that are very very different right so <laughs> you're comparing like you it, it could be one that's like london calling by the clash and the other one's like uh stevie wonder songs in the key of life like right yeah there, there are some of them where it feels like you know we're comparing <laughs> apples and lobsters um but uh but you know you you, you got to go somewhere with it and you know i was looking back at your 64 and there are some of the ones on that that, that i certainly would have uh pushed forward into the 32 or even more ahead of that mm-hmm. um so, so that part's uh, interesting. Like, I, I would have even, I, I didn't even find uh, the Elvis Sun, Sun Sessions uh, record that, you know, is, is the, the gathering of all the, the work he did for Sun Records before yeah. he got signed to RCA and became a, a superstar. But that's absolutely fundamental to me. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's one I certainly would have, you know, thrown down uh, from, from the get-go to, to be in the competition, and that, that would have gotten way way up on my chart i, I was surprised that the uh, the sex pistols never mind the bollocks that fell was, out early uh in in the 64 round but it, it was up against uh ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars from david bowie so mm-hmm. i kind of see you know ha- how that one happened uh, another big one for me the van morrison astral weeks yep. uh cer- certainly not a blockbuster record uh like Born in the USA, the, the Springsteen record that it, that it was up against. So I, I see why uh, that uh, was, was voted out. <laughs> but, but for on my own personal ballot, boy, that sure would have gone higher. Um, in this one, I, I sort of circled. There were a couple of ones that were tough calls for me. Like uh, there was a round with uh, Janis Joplin's Pearl up against uh, the Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I thought, okay, that, that's an interesting one. As, as a, a personal choice, I would uh, opt for the Joplin Pearl record, but I actually voted for Pink Floyd Dark Side just because it's such an influential, yeah. you know, important and, and uh, you know, kind of everlasting record that is that in the history of pop music. I, I think that one carries the day in that little A.B., Situation and and the same thing. It, it was tough. I, I really agonized and hated to see who's next getting put up against Prince's 1999 <laughs> because both of those are just unbelievably great records. And uh, you know to have to choose one, uh, I, I opted for the Who. But I'm such a Prince fan, and I will tell you as far as uh, moments in my life, uh, I saw Prince uh, many times actually. Ooh. But uh, the last time I saw him. God, I'd have to look at it. It was maybe just a year or two before he died. Oh, wow. Uh, but he, he played out here uh, at the Hollywood Palladium with his uh, NPG band. And it was one of the best shows I have ever seen. And when I walked away from that, in the midst of it, and walking away from it, God, it just doesn't get any better than this. He is so good, and he is so masterful of everything he does. And... Uh, so many different forms of music that he fuses together in what he did, which is what made him unique and what made him so irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 1999 against Who's Next, but I, but I went with Who's Next in this ballot, okay. uh, just because that one's been one I go back to time and time and time again. And I think it's yes. the Who at their peak yeah. in songwriting and performance, and such such an iconic record. So I did that. Uh, the other one that was a kind of a tough call, Let It Lead versus Eagles Hotel California. Mm-hmm. Uh, two very different records, uh, very different bands, um, and uh, excellent, and I love both. Mm-hmm. 
uh, tremendously and have listened to, to both many, many times over the years. I, I edged and, and threw my vote at Let It Bleed over Hotel California just because ultimately I like the, the, the rawness, the, the spontaneity, the, the, the feeling of like music in the moment that the Stones uh, are so good at. And uh, the, the Eagles, that record is all about perfection in music making, in production, in vocal work. And that's impressive in its own right, too. So uh, I went with lead. Okay. Uh, my final four, if you want to jump ahead, uh, was I, I have uh, Pet Sound, Songs in the Key of Life, Highway 61 Revisited, and Abbey Road. Ooh. So we've got, you know, Bob Dylan, <laughs> Beach Boys, Beatles, and Stevie Wonder. Oh. I mean, it, so, it's uh, four of the <laughs> greatest artists. So first of all, we got to start set foot on the planet. We got to start there. Songs in the key of life. I love that pick. I love that pick, Randy. Got to say. The world was in itself with a language we all understand. With an equal opportunity for all to sing, dance, and clap their Big upset over Thriller, huh? Oh, that, that was an easy one for me. I mean, I love Thriller. It's got a lot. I, I would actually probably opt in Michael Jackson World for Off the Wall over Thriller. Okay. Uh, but okay. That, that didn't even make it to round 32. No, it didn't. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a great record. Yep. Michael and Quincy Jones yep. doing great work. But yep. songs, just no no contest. Just <laughs> I love it. Brilliance. Absolute brilliance. I love it. Uh, for me, and a record that, again, I have returned to so many times and it's it's one that's great for this moment now yeah. that we're in when when you're at home and you have some time we we we've, we've been you know talking about deep listening mm-hmm. and how that's kind of a lost art and this yes. is a time when we can revive it maybe where you really sit down with a record you turn everything else off you're not paying attention to your phone you're not paying attention to your social media mm-hmm. uh, you focus on music and, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I feel like that uh, a lot of younger listeners may not know what that is because music is always there in the background. It, yeah. it, it's ever-present, which is great. But to really focus on it, devote your full, you know, your, your ears, your mind, your body to what's, what's coming at you that, that the artist gave us, it, that, that's a real luxury. So take advantage of that now in Songs of the Sea of Life yeah. is a perfect yes. uh, vehicle for that. I think that that's an album that I, I, what I picture is a wedding. I, I picture like that album, most at least most of it could be played at at least my wedding. Um, give me <laughs> a, um, give me a half of that album at my wedding, and I'm good to go. It's just you know, it's a happy album. Love, there's love in the air. That's what I get from that. I just it's absolutely beautiful, and obviously why I even had it in there. And of course, you're referencing a fantastic article, by the way, that's up at the L.A. Times. I know your colleague, or I guess former colleague. I, I don't know how to say it, but Randall Roberts. Uh, well, they're still my colleagues, and uh, we'll 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 all be, always be my friends. But yes, my uh, colleague Randall Roberts has, has written this piece about deep listening, and then we uh, sort of. Uh, springboarded off of that and we put together a list of 35 yeah. uh, albums to uh to engage in deep listening from from myself and a lot of different writers uh making recommendations on things that are worth the time and attention to to listen to in this way absolutely and if you guys are listening that link is right in the description we kind of intro intro pet sounds a little bit uh at least you did you talked a little bit about it. and this is something i did an album anniversary uh, on this album uh, i think it was a couple years ago i think it was the uh, big al- album anniversary i had uh i think the editor for ultimate classic rock i think i had on that podcast and we revisited this and talked about how it influenced the beatles so pet sounds so you got songs in the key of life you got pet sounds Abbey Road, of course. Um, that's an, so I guess, is that your official best Beatles album in your opinion? Something in the way she moves 
you know, it, it depends on which day you ask me. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm real uh, big on Revolver and Rubber Soul okay. uh, and Abbey Road, even, mm-hmm. you know, even a little more than Sergeant Pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and, but uh, Abbey Road is such a... Uh, I have such a personal connection to it, mm-hmm. uh, so so that's kind of why it made the the cut uh, this high uh, in in the um, pairings. It was it was up against. Uh, I was let me see, probably I was think I was seventeen when Abbey Road came out, and uh, deep listening, it came out. I. Uh, when I first heard it, I think I first heard it probably on the radio, one of the uh, you know underground FM radio stations at the time in 1969. Uh, played it from beginning to end, and I just kind of sat there in my room in the dark and listened to this thing, and it just um, you know blew me away. Um, and I've, I've always loved it. Uh, it's held up over time, and it is so um, beautiful and joyful and you feel the Beatles, you know, one last time giving us a victory lap uh, before they disbanded. Uh, it was the final thing that they recorded in the studio, even though Let It Be album came out after it. Uh, so it's it's a, a valedictory note and uh, it's, it's just one I've always adored. So that's why I voted it into my top four. Yeah, I knew once I seen the Are You Experience versus Abbey Road and the Sweet 16 against each other, I knew that whoever would win that one would be in my final four. And uh-huh. I gave I gave the edge to Are You, Are you Experience with Jimi Hendrix. Um, gave it the slight edge. That was tough for me. Um, I look at the bottom of that, and like you said, Dark Side, you got Joplin, uh, you got The Who, Prince. But I knew once I seen Abbey Road, Are You Experienced? flip a coin and just like you you could ask me uh-huh. tomorrow, you could ask me tomorrow and i'd probably have abby road so um but i had to give i had to give some jimmy love i'm a big jimmy fan and i i honestly could not take electric lady land over pet sounds so couldn't uh-huh. have couldn't have that jimmy one and i didn't even have uh access boat as love on here i just you know i don't think we needed all of that um i think electric lady land are you experienced were the main two i wanted on here so i gave the edge to are you experienced and then so for the other one i did have thriller in my final four and okay. i all have right. i actually have what's going on by marvin gay over pet sounds in the elite eight that's another match okay, interesting yeah, that's, yeah. I, I, he he made my uh, that made my final eight. What's going on with, uh, versus Pet Sounds, and and I gave the nod to Pet Sounds again, just because it's so personal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To me, that that record is is so beautiful, and it's just Brian Wilson yes. and and the band, uh, you know, just magnificently doing what they did and, and taking it to a whole new level. Uh, Marvin's record is, <laughs> you know, just stunning. And again, I remember seeing him. On tour, probably 1983, 1984. Ooh. It was around the time that Sexual Healing came out, yeah. and uh, I was sitting there with another uh, music critic from a, a, a competing publication. But we're sitting next to each <laughs> other, uh, watching uh, Mar- Marvin. And I, I now I'll say it's '84 because uh, Bruce Springsteen was out, you know, with uh, Born in the USA yeah. tour uh, at the same time. And you know, my colleague turned to me and he said. Forget Bruce Springsteen. I want to be Marvin Gaye, <laughs> and I said, "You absolutely got it." Uh, Marvin was just so incredible, and that record was probably him at his best. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, as, as Pet Sounds hits home for you, I think what's going on hits home for me. Um, you know, starts off you know with the party that sounds like a, a Vietnam War reunion. You know, people coming back from there. I lost my grandfather in that war, so this is an album that um it's always been played you know growing up and just always resonated yeah. with me so i agree with that one and so the last the last uh final four so you have and this is one you can school me on a little bit um obviously no highway 61 revisited i know the big song like a rolling stone of course self-titled on there but you got bob dylan highway 61 revisited in your final four uh absolutely I, highway 61 it was just a uh, mind and um, game, mind expander game changer record where he really brought together he, he started it on um, 
bringing it all back home where he, you know, brought the rock band into the studio and now he was no longer just, uh, you know, the, the, the troubadour with the acoustic guitar um, and wedded this just incredible uh, proliferation uh, ex- expression of, you know, literary uh songwriting mm-hmm. uh, and wedded that to the power of rock and roll and electric guitars and pounding drums and, and you know muscular bass guitar work uh, and put that on on highway 61 um, so uh, that one to me is uh, one absolutely the, the top three or four records of the entire 1960s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this side of the bracket was very hard for me. Um, that was a matchup that was really hard for me. In fact, it, I changed a couple of times. Uh, that one, that's obviously 24 ranked, and then it went against number nine, White Album, uh, in the 32 round. And I went with the White Album. In fact, I have the White Album in my final four. So that's the Beatles oh, okay. record. Uh, I had that. I think it was that against Sergeant Peppers, honestly, in my uh, Elite Eight. And I personally like the White Album for me is my personal favorite album by the Beatles. I know that's not a very popular take. I know a lot of people like Sergeant Peppers, Abbey Road, probably even Rubber Soul, Revolver. I don't. I honestly don't hear a lot of people say the White Album is their favorite. I just think that was a whole different sound for them. And I really loved, you know, the they went they went a little bit harder. Uh, with the rock a little bit on that they went a little bit darker a little bit deeper and then you even have the softer cuts like blackbird um right and and wider yeah uh darker deeper yep. harder and wider you know there was so much variety on that mm-hmm. uh you you can make the argument that said george martin did that, that it was maybe a little too wide too much <laughs> variety that, that it was that lacked some of the you know cohesiveness of some of the other records but just in in the the, the sheer um you know, uh, variety of what they did uh, and, and showed everything that the Beatles could do. It, it is uh, just very impressive on that. And it is their biggest selling studio album That's right. of all their records. So so there are people that uh, are with you there, TC. I hope so. Uh, that makes me feel a little bit better. And so we're at our championship round, Randy. So what did you have as your championship? Who wins and why? Well, uh, interestingly, as we just were talking about 61, uh, so for me, my final four, it's Highway 61 and Abbey Road, and as much as I said Abbey Road is a personal record, for me, I put Highway 61 into my top two uh, up against them in the contest between Songs in the Key of Life and Pet Sounds. Uh, This was one of the more agonizing moments as well, but Songs in the Key of Life. Ah. Again, Stevie is... So love it. Just uh, in peak perfect form, and it's one of the great pop records, great any records anybody ever made. And uh, so that gave me the the face off between Highway sixty one and Songs in the Key of Life, and my winner is Songs in the Key of Life. Oh, there it is! I gotta hold on. I gotta give you an applause. I gotta give you an applause on that. <laughs> Yes, yes. Songs in the key. Of life. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that record, and every time it, it moves me to the core. And I will tell you, uh, you know, I had it brand new when it came out on LP, including the bonus disc that had the, the four extra songs that couldn't fit onto four sides of two LPs. Uh, and since then, I've had it in virtually every format available. Got it when it came out on CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have it on Reel to Reel because Reel to Reel was my first uh, piece of real audiophile high, high-end uh, stereo equipment. Um, I have uh, it on now high-resolution digital audio uh, and uh, a couple of different um, uh, audiophile uh, LP version and CD versions just because I want to hear every speck of (laughs) sonic, musical, lyrical, vocal brilliance that he put into it. it. It is a stunning record and it never gets old. And uh, it is just a magnificent piece. And to add in one more bit of of highlights, uh, you know, every year uh, out here in Los Angeles, Stevie does a a benefit show called House Full of Toys, where he uh, 
puts on a concert and people are asked to bring and donate toys oh. that he collects and, and distributes to uh, you know to underprivileged family in in and around Southern California. And so this is always a big event. Uh, he invites his friends, so you never know which guest stars are going to show up. And it's usually kind of a freewheeling, uh, you know, catches catch can show. This artist does their hit. Stevie does a couple of his, different people do things well. A few years ago, he, he upped the ante and said, I'm going to do Songs in the Key of Life in its entirety mm-hmm. from beginning to end live. Oh. And, and he brought several of the musicians who played on the record and some of the singers, as well as you know his, his current touring band, and they did it. And it was uh, a, 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 you know, just pinnacle of life moment for any music fan, any Stevie fan. Yes. And, um, and there, that just, you know, for me, it cemented what, what a piece of brilliant music making and record making song in the key of life is. So this is exactly why I brought you on. See, I honestly, um, but okay. So full disclosure, before I brought you on, I thought you would go pet sounds, just knowing you and knowing, uh, you know, your, your area of expertise and your knowledge and your music taste. Cause I've had you on a few times. So I thought I knew you and pet sounds. <laughs> I was close. I was close. Pet sounds, close. Pet sounds made it pretty far. I like it. Songs in the key of life. And, ah, isn't she lovely? She's playing in my head and has been ever since you even started, uh, Sir Duke. I, I, I wish, oh. uh, Sir Duke. Uh, you know, I, yes. I go through the, the, the whole litany, uh, loves in need of love today. Yes. Uh, have a oh. talk with God, uh, village ghetto land. Yeah. I mean, you know, so much there, there's not, not a slow moment on that. No, day. no. And the, one of the few albums on one of the few albums ever where you do not skip a track. There's never a time where you're like, Nope, don't want to hear this one right now. Never, never on songs of the key of life. I love it. I love it. You're going to have to, after this interview, if you can, if you could send me your bracket so I can share it and get everyone else, you know, get them, uh, to think a little bit deeper with their selections because songs in the key of life barely made it to this round. And I was so upset. I was like, really? Like songs in the key of life. Yeah. I was like, so really upset. So we need to, we need to get some folks on the ball here. So my championship was, I had the white album on one side and I, I went with that one. Just like what I love about it is the versatility on it. That is personally something I love about it. And then on the other side, for much of the same reasons you have songs in the key of life. I have with what's going on with Marvin Gaye. Um, I had that one advanced to my championship and I had, if you know, in hindsight, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Takes my bracket and wins the championship on mine. So we both okay. went similar, similar. Um, I guess I guess similar genres. Uh, we both went the I guess Motown route. Motown rules. Motown <laughs> rules. If you ask Randy Lewis and myself, so I wish you nothing but the best. I really do. Like this conversation, I told you when I interviewed when I when I booked you, I said fifteen twenty minutes, and we're forty minutes in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just, no, no, it's absolutely great stuff. I'm saying it because this is how it always works with you. I love, I always love having you. And I really hope this is not the last time we chat because I love having you on here. That offer stands co-host wide open for you on the music vibes podcast. But, uh, (laughs) Randy, uh, really appreciate all that you've done in this music industry. You've paved the way you are one of the goats. And this is, this proves once again, why you are. Well, thanks, CC. It's, it's fun talking to you, and this was a really uh, cool workout to, to go through with you, so uh, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks so much. Randy Lewis joining us here on the Music Vibes podcast, revisiting his career, looking back at some favorite moments of his, some personal favorite moments in the music industry, talking about his bracket that he filled out in pencil, which is absolutely awesome. I loved it. And uh, that's a big one. He has songs in the key of life winning his bracket. Unfortunately, that one was eliminated this week by Michael Jackson's Thriller, but still appreciate Randy Lewis for coming on, having a little fun with us. Always great having him. I'm sure this is not the last. I know he's retiring, but we'll have to bring him back on at some point i love having randy and i'm sure you guys love listening to randy come on this podcast so before we go though every week we drop the needle sponsored by 20 past four and more located at 2014 broadway street currently closed during this stay at home orders but i'm sure as things get back to normal they'll be back open so still you'll be able to check them out get all your tobacco needs but every week we drop the needle and for this week i went back a little bit we just came from a week where we're celebrating not only the tragic death of 
Marvin Gaye, but also his birthday. His birthday was obviously the next day after his tragic death. And during some tough times here, one of the albums that helps me escape and the album that the album I have winning the bracket, Marvin Gaye, was going on. So I kind of revisited something that I really wanted to get to. I ended up finding. So last year, Marvin Gaye Live was released and it kind of revisits it's at the kennedy center auditorium in washington dc from 1972 well streaming services just released this last year so finally got a chance to take it in obviously i was not around during 1970s so i did not get to hear this record prior to last year and this just came out last year so during these tough times no i'm not going to play what's going on and i'm not going to play mercy mercy me in fact i don't even think that, that was on the streaming so I'm going to play something a little bit different. We're still going to hear the What's Going On album. I always need an escape during these tough times. Something positive in this album always helps me. So we'll see if it helps you. So we're going to drop the needle on Marvin Gaye, Save the Children, live at the Kennedy Center Auditorium, Washington, D.C., 1972. Let's drop the needle. I just want to ask a question. Who really cares? Save a world in despair. Who really cares? There come a time when the world won't be singing. Flowers won't grow, no, no. You know bells won't be ringing. Oh, really care? Who is willing to try to save? What a shame Such a bad way to live Oh, who is to blame When we can't stop
on the Music Vibes Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify on your mobile device. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.